Emotional health provides the basis for your mental well-being. Now, emotions are what you feel, yet they are volatile and quickly subject to change. If you think back to a situation in which you were in the grip of emotion, were you thinking clearly and able to make wise decisions? Probably not. You see, emotions represent power, but power without intelligence is tyrannical. Life will become a confusing and exhausting ride if you are led only or mainly by your emotions. Having your thoughts clouded by emotion drives stress and anxiety, so it's essential that you understand your emotional health and what, if anything, you might do to support your well-being. So to get going, we'll consider why it's hard to change anxious thinking. Then a better place to start, some important questions for you to ask yourself, and then we'll look through the personal checkup for your well-being, which is available via anxietymaster.org as a free download. So the challenge of anxious thinking. Well, feeling fearful or anxious represent all-consuming states, emotional ordeals in which calm and control appear often beyond reach. Now, attempting to quieten your mind is a real challenge, and while you may already have some methods for calming yourself down, likely they don't always work. And more recently, mindfulness has gained popularity, for instance, as a means of increasing presence and calm. And indeed, practices that focus on developing awareness and being in the moment can help. Yet some people find such practices can heighten their anxiety, Remaining still and focused when your heart is about to burst out of your chest can further ramp up the discomfort dial and feel intensely uneasy or troubling. And so why might this be? Well, in the heat of fear or excitement, we're designed to respond with some form of decisive action, not staying still and waiting it out. You see, back in the wild, that might have spelt death. So why can it be so hard to tame our thoughts? Well, there's a simple reason. Emotions precede thinking, and not the other way around, as commonly understood. In other words, thoughts derive from emotions, these insanely powerful human drivers. Thoughts are downstream from emotions, so you won't effectively change your thinking unless the underlying emotional drivers have been acknowledged and understood. Well, some people use soothing mantras when they feel anxious or they're feeling worried, reminders like I'm not my anxiety, or this experience can help me grow, or this won't last forever. Yet these logical and well-meaning statements often offer minimal reassurance. They skim across the surface with disappointing impact, or don't sink in. And whilst you get it with your head, the heart isn't feeling it. And this lack of impact can make you feel even worse, with fearful or anxious thoughts remaining stubbornly unresponsive to affirmative statements or meditation you might think you're losing control and even going crazy. Just think how frightening that can be. Fortunately, you probably aren't. Again, it's just that cognitive tools tend to work better when your emotions are tamed. In other words, when emotional arousal is low, your capacity to clarify perspective, reframe things usefully and dial down anxious thinking will increase. Think of it like a sticking plaster. Cognitive strategies can support healing, but they won't repair the primary cause of injury, in this case emotional upset. And it's here that an understanding of emotional health is so important, because this provides the starting point for treating any anxiety-related or indeed any mental health distress. So let's, uh, let's look at what emotional health involves. Well, to start with, a big picture, all forms of life need nourishment from the environment to survive. For instance, when a seed is produced, it requires air, water, sunshine and nutrients from the soil to grow. 
And if that seed receives enough nutrition, then it will develop into a healthy life form, a plant or a tree perhaps. And it's the same for people too. Although we are a more complex form of life, a similar principle applies. We need nourishment to grow, to maintain survival and to prosper in our environment. Or like all animals, we know that we have physical needs for food, water, warmth and shelter, which must be sufficiently met for survival. Yet whilst fulfilling physical needs will keep us alive, there's more to it. We also need emotional nutrition to lead confident and satisfying lives, free from excessive fear and worry. And this framework applies to all of us in equal measure, whatever our cultural background. Having these needs met provides an anchor for emotional calm and stability. And when emotional needs aren't adequately met, we're better placed to face and meet life's various challenges. Let's take a look at what this involves. So for emotional well-being, we require security, a sense of safety and certainty, an environment in which people can live without experiencing excessive fear so that they can develop healthily. Attention, receiving consideration from others and also giving it, this is a vital form of energy exchange that fuels the development of each individual. It's almost like a message from the universe that we exist. We need intimacy, emotional connection to other people, friendship, love, closeness and fun. We need a degree of privacy, time and space enough to reflect upon and consolidate our experiences. We need connection to a broader community. This is interaction with a larger group of people and a sense of being part of the group. We need competence and achievement, confidence in our abilities and the conviction that we have what it takes to meet life's demands. We also need autonomy and control and this is a sense of volition over what happens around us and to us. We have a need for status, a feeling that we're accepted and valued in the various social groups to which we belong. And perhaps underlining all of this is a need for meaning and purpose. And this involves being stretched, aiming for meaningful goals and having a higher, a sense of higher calling or serving. And this sense of fulfillment acts as a counterbalance to life suffering. It's the thing that gets us up in the morning, even when times are tough. Now, if one or more of those needs from this list are not adequately satisfied, these unmet requirements will represent stresses within your life. And stress is cumulative. So in other words, the more needs that are missing, the greater the emotional burden. And over time, anxiety can emerge in response to these stresses. Or sometimes people are very clear about what might be missing for them. But for others, the self-assessment provides a useful starting point to begin a practical review of where things currently are. So before you complete the assessment, and again, if you haven't got a copy of this, please go and take a free download from anxietymaster.org. It's the free emotional health checkup that's available for you there. Before you complete that, here are some thoughts to consider. These are some important questions that will get you thinking in a constructive and helpful way about your emotional health. So firstly, do you feel secure at home, work and in your environment? In other words, do these places feel stable and predictable? Can you feel safe and calm without fear of upset or nasty surprises? You know, we need a degree of predictability around us. We need to be able to know what's coming up next. For instance, is your workplace inclusive and mindful of your personal life or do you need to watch your back? Is your job secure? Are your relationships predictable and reliable or precarious and conditional? And is your partner or your housemate supportive? Or do you reluctantly live alone? Next, do you receive enough attention? Are there people in your life who are genuinely interested in what you think and feel? 
And are you able to share your thoughts and concerns, the highs and the lows, or do you spend too much time in isolation, perhaps due to shyness? Or are there people in your life who offer more than they take, people who listen to you and provide meaningful support? Do you give other people enough attention? Are you there for others and able to take a real interest in their lives? Are you genuinely engaged in what others think and do, or just in how their opinions and actions affect you? Do you feel in control of life most of the time? And can you take responsibility for important decisions in your life? And do you feel responsible for things that are beyond your control? This is a major stressor for many of us. We get caught in our zones of concerns rather than our zones of influences. Do you think you should be able to control events that in fact you can't? Such as, for instance, whether close family members get along with one another. Next, do you feel part of a wider community? And do you have people who you say hello to on the street, for instance? Or are there people close by that you can rely upon? Neighbours or a club or an interest group? Or maybe you've stopped taking part in social events that previously felt important, perhaps due to life changes or, of course, everything that's been happening globally with the whole social health situation. Have you stepped back from enjoyable activities you enjoyed, perhaps as a result of suffering low confidence or anxiety? Next, can you obtain privacy when you need to? Do you have adequate space and time in your home to reflect in peace or to pursue a hobby or interest? Or is your time and space in constant demand and invaded by others? Um, Do your family members, friends and place of work give you personal time? Or are you expected to be on call and in contact most of the time? And can you take time off if you really need to? Or are there always things competing for your time and attention? Do you have at least one close friend? Do you have a relationship in life? One in which you feel wholly accepted, warts and all? Is there someone who gets you completely, just as you are? Someone you can confide in and share concerns and troubles with, no matter how trivial they might appear to others? Is there someone who can advise you, offer guidance and bring a different perspective to life's events that you face? Or do you find that you're always keeping up a front, jollying along, when really you don't feel this way? Next, do you feel an emotional connection to others? Apart from a close friend, do you have friends and family whom you care about a lot? Do you feel cared for by them? Are you in regular contact or have you lost touch and stopped seeing them lately? Do you have some status in life that you value? Do you feel recognised and acknowledged by others, perhaps through work or some other activity you undertake? Are you happy with your achievements or do you think that you aren't enough? Do you get easily jealous and yearn for things that you don't yet have? Or do you feel life has given you a fair crack of the whip? Next, are you achieving things in life that make you proud? Are you happy with the way that you spend your time and feel rewarded for your efforts or do you often feel dissatisfied with your achievements? Are there things in life that make you feel good about yourself or do you overly rely upon past achievements for a sense of feeling good? Do you feel mentally and or physically stretched in a way that makes life feel meaningful? So do you have a strong sense of purpose and you know why you get up in the morning? and you have something to be happy about? Do you engage in activities that feel meaningful for others? Are there activities in your life that bring a sense of competence and achievement? Do you have an overarching commitment in your life, perhaps religion or philosophy, that helps you to view life as meaningful? So having reflected upon some of those questions, the next step is to maybe have a think about completing this emotional health checkup just to see how you fare by rating your emotional needs on the available survey. 
And again, if you haven't yet downloaded this, it's available via anxietymaster.org, just there on the homepage. And it will take you through a range of questions, 14 questions all in all. And as you complete those questions, you can then at the end, take a quick review and just work out which areas of life might be representing stresses for you as things stand at the moment. Now, once you've completed this, it'll be interesting to consider what you might have found out. So your assessment might suggest that you're doing better than you thought. And equally, there might be areas of life or unmet needs that are triggering your anxiety or worry or low confidence or that keep it going. And perhaps your life offers ways in which your needs might be better met. So for example, you receive social invitations, but perhaps low confidence or fear or anxiety actually hold you back from going. Whatever it is for you that you find out, I really do hope it's meaningful to you. And hopefully this has been a quick and valuable stock-taking exercise. It's often the case that when we're anxious, we, can, we can't really see the wood for the trees. Everything is hard and it's always going to be like this and there's nothing we can do to improve things and it will never get better. It's very black and white language, isn't it? You know, very binary ways of feeling about things. When we feel like this, it's almost as if life is happening to us rather than for us. But let's not panic. Let's avoid such catastrophic thinking and consider our emotional needs. And when you look rationally at the individual components of your mental well-being as emotional needs, you have a clear analytical framework to understand your emotional health. And critically, you can start to consider ways to reduce stress and regain some clarity and control. Thank you for listening.